0: Welcome to Valley News Live Sports Overtime. This is a new podcast that we're starting here on the website of things as we kind of expand our sports footprint here at Valley News Live. And if there's, we have so much to talk about all the time. So much. And in my opinion, we don't get enough time on TV. I keep telling people to give me more time. So I'm taking it myself it's online. It's amazing
1: how much time it takes to fill those few minutes, but then there's always more time to fill with more minutes to talk. <laughs> right, so like <laughs> a minute
0: and a half and six and then two and a half at 10. So four minutes of total work. Uh, of work on the air but hours an entire day it goes into that time four minutes to make. <laughs> yeah boy does it <laughs> we're gonna get started with the biggest uh matter of the last month Bison football's back it's the most wonderful time of the year
1: yeah and almost full 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 time back we still have a few more weeks to go but those weeks keep getting shorter and shorter getting ready for that u.s bank stadium g- debut game and what fun is that gonna be i,
0: I mean it's gonna be I, I imagine the hometown atmosphere is going to be very real, despite it being in the Twin Cities. I couldn't uh, I, – we've seen the target field games. Um, and mm-hmm. so, well, you haven't. But well, you... <laughs> I've
1: heard, heard of it. I mean, and I, I talked a little bit of it on the on the last cast uh, over this weekend just about how that game, looking back on it, was a six-touchdown Trey Lance performance. If I'm not yep. mistaken, that was his first game yep. with the and It was also Matt Ince's first game yep. with the Bison. So kind of funny that he's having – all that come back to him, And then Eastern Washington themselves was Cam Miller's first start, was against the same Eagles team, which a little bit of a different Eagles team. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Not to talk anything poorly on them, but it's always a tough game going up against an FCS powerhouse team, at least in the history. It's, it's tough.
0: And you mentioned it, historically, in FCS power. Bison football now seven practices into fall camp. Uh, the biggest uh, thing that I've noticed from this team, especially compared to where they were, say, a year ago, this is a healthy group. Um, and, and with that, the injuries that they dealt with last year, Ensis brought it up in uh, the first practice we talked to him and then in media day. With those injuries, that, that brought some depth with it because guys had to step up and fill some roles. So they're looking healthy and they're looking deep this year, which we'd love to see for right now. You
1: know, and especially I can see that on – I mean, there's, there's many facets of the defense to talk about, and there's sort of three main – that I can see it as. They're mm-hmm. all very different stories, where you have the defensive line that was anchored by guys like Wagey, guys like um, big defensive tackle. What was his name? Uh, Tony Pierce? Yes, Tony yep. Pierce. So the sort of big guys that's on that D-line, that they're both gone. The linebacker core that's almost in an opposite situation of being so young last season right. was seen as sort of a weaker part of the defense, but now has that big boost of a lot of guys coming back, a lot of different sort of...
0: Guys filling in built. roles. Yeah, yeah they're, they're yeah. filling
1: in together and better. And then you have the secondary group of the corners and safeties that is really rebuilt. I mean, that was half the stuff we talked about last fall was how right. that group was all fifth- and sixth-year seniors. Right. And guys like Tauber guys like... The- all the, the guys Taubert.
0: that started week one last year in, in the defensive backfield are gone now. Uh, there's no Destin Talbert, no Mike Tutsey. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, 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 they've all been replaced. No Dawson Weber, uh, or, mm-hmm. and then the other one is Courtney Eubanks, who Courtney transferred. The rest yes. of them graduated. Yes, Courtney so transferred out, web. and so it's four new guys from last year. That's a that's a tough position for them to be in. But you know, from from everything we've talked to, it seems like guys are stepping up. Really, really well, and uh, that's all they could really ask for. Uh, but no, you mentioned the D line. A big part of that is uh, Eli mostard, uh back mm-hmm. healthy. Uh, we talked UG to him days. during media day. He uh, w- went down, I think, the second game of the season uh, with a knee injury, and was out for the rest of the year. So Eli mostard being back, preseason All American. Uh, believe it mm-hmm. or not, when you get a preseason All American back on the uh, back on the roster, <laughs> helps a little bit. Helps a bit <laughs> for sure. And then so. offensively, you know, uh, they're they're offensive line is now an NFL factory. They have uh, two guys uh, making their uh, debut in training camps this week, uh, Cody Malk and Nash Jensen, and they're filling in those holes now. Uh, Jalen Sundell, of course, leading the way there. Jake Kubis on the offensive line as well. Mason Miller, just senior guys, a very deep group that they have.
1: I wanted to mention, too, that Cody Malk, I'm certain that many watching were tuning in to the Bay Buccaneers preseason game that he had. The way that he was doing well enough to earn that starting spot in the first place, to keep that starting spot. He will have that going into these next weeks. And to kind of push that forward is showing not only the strength of this individual and what that's going to mean moving forward for the team, especially for the certain many fans that are going to be going to Minneapolis for week one's game against the Buccaneers with the Vikings. (laughs) And seeing how his progression is going to go being a starter on offensive line. And what we saw with Cordell Volson last year, him being this frankly, star on the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that's obviously one of the best in the AFC.
0: And I remember last year uh, when... After Cordell had left, uh, after Cordell had gotten drafted, uh, it was like, okay, now who's going to step up? And it was Cody Mm Malk and uh, Nash Jensen. And we see where they're at now. We're in kind of the same situation this year. And I think it's going to, whether it's guys getting drafted or getting picked up as undrafted free agents, I feel like we're going to be in this cycle on the offensive line for quite some time. So the O-line looks deep. The receivers look very fun. Running backs, there's always a stable of running backs there. I uh, I, I have been taking it upon myself to hype up the preseason hype for Tameric Williams. Um, I'm trying to just keep that going. Not like I have to do a well, lot. One of the most
1: fun interviews we've ever had. We had a lot of <laughs> fun interviews, but his is, is really up there for me, which is funny because as a TCU man myself yep. and seeing someone that's went to college in Texas, I was like, oh, boy, we have a Texas guy. And then I see he was SMU transfer. I was like, "Ah, oh, not the ponies. i Can't do the ponies. But it's close enough that at least he, he knows the area. So having a DFW fellow is, is at least nice a little bit, but – He's a good guy.
0: And he's leading the – he has a – he's on the watch list for the Walter Payton Award, uh, which is given annually to the top offensive player in the FCS. Certainly that doesn't get handed down to everybody. And so he has big shoes to fill in the running back room, obviously. Hunter Lipke now in the NFL. Uh, Kobe Johnson, Jalen Bussey now transferring. Um, So, I mean, he has big shoes to fill, but he was there last year. He was banged up a little bit last year, and that brings us back to the health aspect. We'll see what Tamera can do if he gets a full season and not to be left out in that running back room. Conversation: T.K. Marshall and Barika Pinu from uh, West Fargo, Cheyenne. Those guys are going to be getting a lot of reps as well because we know North Dakota State doesn't hand the all off to one guy very often.
1: Well, and that's the interesting thing just about the Walter Payton uh, preseason nod is if you really look at NDSU's history, and part of this was me watching the Chargers preseason game a few days ago, and partially for all the TCU guys, but also to just see <laughs> Easton stick again. Right, right. And for him, one of the most legendary NDSU players ever. And mm-hmm. just thinking about that, of how many big-time NDSU players have always been these, at least purely talking offensively, yep. have usually been these linemen, have been the wide receivers now yep. what Christian Watson's been doing, and then with quarterbacks, but the running back position, and not fullback, like pure like halfback running back position, we haven't really seen a lot of guys sort of be that big level, at least next level. We haven't right. seen that a lot more than any other position. Right. And so, not necessarily saying this may or may not be T-Mac, we don't know. Exactly. But... That just to see that preseason nod of like okay maybe this can transition to at least this season looking a little more like that running back getting a lot more carries versus last season being different at least with the weapons that you had obviously right. Lipke being such a big point of yeah, that
0: exactly well and uh, the way Tamaric runs the ball he's one yeah. of the biggest human beings I've ever met in my entire life like <laughs> he's struggle with he's that. <laughs> only he's he's I say only six foot but like you know we look each other in the eye. But he is—he has this presence about him. I'm a massive Tameric Williams guy, and I'm going to hype that up until he wins the Walter Payton Award. Now, oh, would that be something? <laughs> speaking of offensive players, it all comes down to the quarterback, and that's especially true at North Dakota State. Uh, Cam Miller, back for his senior season. Matt Entz had talked to us in, in the spring about he said he was going to push Cam a little bit more. And my sports journalism brain, I'm immediately like, ooh, <laughs> a quarterback controversy, you say. But uh, that wasn't the case. What it was was – and putting more of the, making him more of a player-coach role, making him more involved with the offense, asking Cam what he likes to run in these positions, and just making sure that he's fully ingrained with that offense, which that's a, a massive step. He's, of course, going to still use Cole Payton. Uh, he told us that in the press conference. He yeah. was very adamant about the fact that Cole Payton was still going to have his role in that offense. But for Cam to have more control of the offense, that's what a quarterback should have. Uh, as a senior. Frankly, team. right, exactly. And so, so him having – we talked about the weapons he has. Uh, we'll see what he can do with those weapons at his full disposal when he has more control out there on the field. And God knows he has experience running this offense at this point. Um, yeah, no. we, we talked to Cam at Media Day and just a little bit more about this, more getting ready for the season as a whole. We're going to play that whole thing for you right now. We'll be right back. Uh, Cam, I guess we were just talking about a little bit, but you guys were busy through the spring and summer, but now here in fall camp everybody is uh, going full tilt, everybody's back together. What's it like just kind of seeing it ramp up to the point where it's at right
2: now? I think this is the best time of the year, honestly. Fall camp, right before games start, you get to be around the guys for 12 hours a day. Nothing gets better than that. You get to, you know, you get to meet 25 new freshmen, and. you know, find out where they're from and their background and everything. So um, just being around the guys has just been awesome for me. What have you seen from this freshman class so far? How well they're acclimating to Bison football? Um, from what I've seen in the summer and even into fall camp here, um, guys are bought in at, at a very young age. You know, they're not missing lifts, they're not missing meals. They're, they're doing everything that we're telling them to do. And, um, and you don't see that a lot.
0: Last time we saw you leave the field, it wasn't under the circumstances that anybody wanted. Just at uh, the end of the national championship game. What have these last few months
2: been like for you? I think motivating, but also gratifying. Um, just to see guys rally around one another and completely buy into the program and understand that they're playing for something bigger than themselves. Um, obviously, it was frustrating last year to go out the way we did. Um, but I feel like we have a better sense of purpose than we ever have. And like I said before, guys are bought in.
0: Coach has talked about you know, adding some more pressure to you, uh, kind of giving you a more on-field coach role, kind yeah. of getting you way more involved with the passing game. Yeah. What's that process been like from your perspective?
2: I think it's been fun. Um, I always want to be challenged um, and the coaches have been Putting more on my plate for me to analyze and process, which I love. Um, and I've been in this offense now for four years, so I know it like the back of my hand. So to add new and exciting stuff is fun. I love it. You and the receivers. Uh Raylan was up here just a little bit ago yeah. and he was
0: uh, he was hyping you up like nobody else has ever done before. Uh, what's it like getting as close with this group of uh, receivers as you guys are, and how important is it to have that relationship between the quarterback
2: and the wide receiving court? I think this is the cro- closest wide receiver quarterback unit that I've had, that we've had since I've been here. And, you know, we're always cracking jokes on and off the field, and guys are all on the same page. I think we kind of share the same mindset going into games and even practices, like they're seeing the same looks that I'm seeing. and. I think it makes both of our jobs a lot easier. But it feels like with Tameric and the rest of the running backs, a really deep group of running
0: backs, we've talked about having a really deep group of receivers, offensive line is what they are, kind of how deep is this offense overall for you guys?
2: I'm excited. That's all I got to say. We got a lot of guys coming back. We got some new faces that people are going to see that can make huge plays for us. Um, We have some role players that know their role and they execute it at a very high level.
0: Lastly, then I'll go ahead and get out of your hair, with the first game of the year being against another big FCS, uh, historic FCS program, yeah. and then uh, playing in an NFL stadium, yeah. how much more exciting does that make week one?
2: I think even piggybacking on what happened last year, I think that's another factor why guys are motivated for this first game. Um, you know, we haven't played for eight months, so guys are chomping at the bit to hit something other than a person in green and gold, um, and, Playing against Eastern Washington brings back memories. It was my first start was against them. So um, it'll be fun. I'm excited. Again, the
0: Bison start their season on September 2nd in the Twin Cities. Uh, Big game against Eastern Washington, U.S. Bank Stadium. We'll be there, of course. We have to be at that one. Um, (laughs) Now we're going to shift to our other Missouri Valley Football Conference team uh, up in Grand Forks, the North Dakota Fighting Hawks. They're deeper into their fall camp. They started before North Dakota State did, and so they've they're, been they going. They've been going and going at it there. But, uh, no, Jack, you made the trip up there for their first practice. Uh, kind of what were your biggest takeaways from what you saw up there in uh, Grand Forks earlier this month?
1: A lot of the guys seem loose and ready. I mean, this is a team that, uh, I'm not mistaken, today actually released, I want to say the coaches' FCF pool released today, and they mm-hmm. were ranked about 17th, 18th yep. in the country, so kind of that sort of middle, lower uh, top 25, which is where they were, I would say, most of the season last year. They yes. were kind of in a—and they and they got up to, I think, 15, 16. They were a little bit higher somewhere in the last season. And right. that's because this team has a lot of good weapons. We saw Garrett Mogg be a massive force last season. Of course, he's gone now from the team, which is a big loss, at least on the offensive side. But like NDSU, you have your quarterback coming back with Tommy Schuster. But the quarterback's a little bit different this year because we saw and, and we may have seen in highlights Quincy Vaughn being sort of like I want to say goal line specialist. Right, a lot of these short rushing touchdowns. He could really use his leg. Big, big frame on the guy. I don't know the measurements exactly. But big enough like, to be a tight end. But you do. do? do, do? <laughs> and, yeah, so he's now switching over into the tight end role. And I saw him uh, at that practice getting some catching drills in, getting some blocking drills in. In fact, it looked like he did more blocking than catching, actually, in the drills.
0: Well, do you um, got that, that's going to be – when it comes down to the tight end position, that's going to be the thing that you want to focus on the most, especially when somebody just switches there. They're they're pro- they've probably been practicing their route running and catching for the majority of their lives as a skill position guy. Yeah. You got to teach them how to block right away, especially trying to set the edge as a tight end, setting the edge on a defensive end. As someone who played, I played a little tackle in high school. Uh, that's incredibly tough to do. That reach block is extremely tough to do. I played guard in college. Didn't have to I send the there. I played tackle in middle school. There you go. How'd that go? Poorly. <laughs> that's enough. why I'm here. Not, to grind with that. not that I was going
1: to be anything I was going to say, anyway, that's, but... what, that's what
0: stopped you from going to Bama, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, Quincy Vaughn going to tight end is one of my favorite uh, storylines to look at going into this year. I'm sure we're still going to see some of him in the backfield. I'm sure they're still going to do some goal line stuff. He's too big.
1: They they maybe could, and I would think it would be more for that reasoning of sort of being more, I don't want to say gimmicky, but kind of being a little more in that very, very specific role when he does that. Um, there wasn't a ton of him catching a lot from Tommy in full-on drills, like in the full 11-on-11 men 11 11 when they were going full speed and doing that, because obviously not full hit each right, right. but, but when they were doing full-speed drills, <laughs> no, not yet, but when they were doing full-speed drills, there wasn't a crazy amount of that going on so far. I'm certain that more has happened now that we've had a whole lot more practices so since then. I'm right. certain that that's happened more, but... But, no, it's an interesting role for a guy like Quincy that sort of was in this sort of backup spot. I mean, even talking to him um, at media day last year, that we'll get more from him at media day this season coming yeah, up. Yep. But um, but at least last season when I talked to him and, and talked to Tommy, too, they had this very close relationship, which you'd expect from quarterbacks on the same team. Right. They're similar ages right. and similar paths. and
0: it, it, Well, it and, helps. like, it didn't feel like there was fighting for that top spot. It kind of felt like we knew that it was Tommy's, but Quincy would get his time. in. They had their roles. right? They had their
1: roles and they had their spots and they both were efficient when they needed to be. And that North Dakota was really efficient even on offense. I mean, I was looking into red zone statistics and, and about sort of what's better on that end. And North Dakota State had been very, very efficient in the red zone, but UND was right up there with them in the top 10. Both of them were very, very, very solid getting touchdowns and not getting a lot of field goals, which players, at least at the you were saying field goals are kind of seen as a failure of a drive, at least on the offense. Former certain, offensive
0: player can confirm.
1: And I'm certain that UND agrees with that. It's it's tough for them too when they have to do that, which really wasn't that often. They were pretty good at scoring the red zone. I mean, right. we saw it plenty. We were up yeah. there with yep. games when I was shooting some of the games up there with for them and especially the, uh, the South Dakota State game, where they hung in there with the Jacks for a good long while, which, considering how good the Jacks yeah, are, yeah, apparently South Dakota really State impressive.
0: was was who we thought they were for sure. Um, yeah, it's got to be kind of a load off for Tommy at this point too. It's, like, it's helpful. Obviously, he knew that he was QB one, but there, I'm I'm sure there was chatter of hey, maybe it should be Quincy. But I mean, it's got to be kind of a, a load off to have at least on the depth chart, have Quincy listed as his tight end rather than the guy breathing right down his neck for that starting job. And North Dakota does have uh, some more stars coming back. It's not just the quarterbacks or former quarterbacks. Uh, their offensive line has a couple of preseason uh, uh, honorees on it. Luke Skokin is back in the uh, backfield. C.J. Siegel at corner. Uh, having him at defensive back is massive if you literally can't throw on a team, or at least throw to half of yeah. the field, then that makes a difference. Um, they did make a pretty big addition as well. Uh, Jackson State running back transfer, Donovan Hunt. Uh, we haven't gotten a chance to talk to him too much, but we we we're excited to see what he can do on the field, especially in an offense that's really inventive, really finds ways to get guys the ball uh, in uh, Danny Freund's offense. He finds ways to get the get his playmakers the ball, which is why North Dakota has gotten the success that they've had offensively uh, lately. So it'll be fun to see them with another weapon in their, uh, or a feather in their cap, if you will.
1: Well, and the running back core is interesting this season because you have not only Hunt sort of getting supplemented in, but you have Isaiah Smith coming back from last yeah, season yeah. who is I don't want to say reserve role, but it was kind of in a secondary role mm-hmm. to what Hoosman was able to provide, which uh, he's. Well, gone. Tyler
0: Hoosman came on out of nowhere. Now, now, uh, L.A. Charger. Yeah, I almost I said, said San another, Diego yeah. Charger. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: we all, we all wish, but but no. Now, but now he's out in L.A. in the league, and you have this guy and Isaiah Smith, who was very solid last season and got you a lot of very strong carries. Had have a good amount of highlights from him coming yeah, in, yep. and then now you have a guy from Jackson State, which of course, I mean everyone who follows FCS remotely or even FPS has heard about all that and Deion Sanders, Colorado, and the whole just exodus of players of in and out of both those spots. And so getting a guy like that from a Jackson State team that was very, very talented last season is a pretty big boost to a team that – I wouldn't say initially needs running back help, but just to get someone else like that in to supplement what already is very productive in Isaiah Smith is a big help. Well, it
0: feels like the running backs just keep coming. Otis Wea came out uh, well, oh, yeah. well, not yeah. out of nowhere, but he came from Moorhead. Mm-hmm. F- his first his first year uh, in that role he outperformed all expectations. Luke Skoken is a guy that has constantly outperformed any expectations. Tyler Hoosman came out of nowhere. so good, too. He yeah. was real loose. He was, good. he was getting good stuff. So, and then, uh, yeah, North Dakota keeps finding these guys and I'm sure they're going to keep finding them. We're going to talk to uh, the team a little bit more when we go up there for their media day on August 26th it's coming up fast speaking of coming up fast let's move on to some other football teams uh, MSUM the Dragons in the NSIC their camp is underway uh, picked to finish 10th in the NSIC uh, this year they went 4-7 and seven last year not the year they wanted but they were dealing with a ton of injuries and just constantly moving guys around the roster as well so some
1: tight games too yeah. They, they oh, yeah a few real close games um and, and there were I mean a few got out of hand and some were you know not ideal for them but it was I don't know it's one of those seasons that you look back on there's a lot that you can sort of tweak and fix and the record can improve a lot from four and seven to a lot more of a competitive one overall exactly but, but at least it doesn't look like the Poles don't have a lot of faith. But we'll see what happens to the team as, as you know, we get
0: a We season. have faith, and that's what matters. Faith, yes. uh, Concordia uh, at the D3 level for the MIAC. MIAC I've heard it both ways. I They're, think it's Myak. MIAC. I we're going to go with right. MIAC. Uh, i not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> their media day is today, actually. So uh, we're going to hear more from Concordia as their offseason gets closer. They start the year out in Claire, Wisconsin. Went five and five last year, looking to improve on that. They don't have. A, I know last year you were really excited about their uh, NAIA, their game against, uh, I believe, it was Presentation College, or it might have been Valley City, to open the year on the road uh, at night. Exciting. They were just excited for a night yes, game. Yes, yes, I know that because
1: it was so rare night game opener. I mean, right. I, I did the stats for the package that we ran a year ago, but which crazy that was a year ago. But no, it was. Time-wise. I'm not I'm not totally sure what the stats of it were, but it was something like. One or two games played at night in the last right. like 30. I mean, it's yeah. some crazy amount of time because the lights not at the stadium. Right. Trying to get getting stuff, and so that was cool.
0: Yeah, no, we're, I, I'm always excited to see the Cobbers in any of their in any of their sports. Oh, Best yeah. mascot in the area. Uh, no offense to any other mascot, but you can't beat Cobbers it's and look like at the, and the green logo. Green corn on the cob. Doing, right. doing this. Yeah, you can't you can't fight that. <laughs> and then at the NAI level, we're actually we're starting college football early. Uh, August 24th, we are getting ready for uh the start of college football with the paint bucket game jamestown against valley city um two teams that i played against in college so it's always been a weird (laughs) dynamic going there i remember going back to valley city my, my first year down here as a sports reporter um I went to this paint bucket game in Valley City, and I was like, I was on that sideline last time. I am not crazy about being on this sideline <laughs> this time. But no, we uh, we love all of our area teams. But uh, you went to the paint bucket game last year. You're probably going to get to go again this year. Yeah, uh, it's
1: pretty fun. It's just uh, one of those early games. I wanted—I—I I don't have this the this statistic on me now, but I want to say that that game is one of the earliest football games played at any collegiate level in the entire country i think usually i think it's it's the first first. i think it's the first one yeah it it was last year for sure yeah Um, so it's at least cool to say that that i was at the first college
0: football there you go you were reporting (laughs) live from it and sending back highlights yeah we'll see if it happens again (laughs) oh it it, let me tell you i make the schedule it will Um, good. i'm here for it speaking of schedules High school sports finally back as well. We're gearing up for Friday Night Live, another year of that. We're taking over the back half of the 10 o'clock show every Friday night. Uh, It's week zero this week. We call it that because most of the AA schools and all of the AAA schools, they're not playing yet. Uh, The only AA games we have are both Grand Forks teams are in action out west and Fargo North is playing Horace. Uh, out in Horace Horace still looking for their first win they had their first year at the varsity level last year uh, Fargo North made a run to the Fargo uh, to the uh, uh, Fargo Dome last year in the Dakota Bowl so we'll see how that one turns out there uh, two massive uh, names in the uh, single A level Central Cass and Kindred going head to head now it's uh, always a fun game very yeah, they, they excited they make for that one they play. well and like thankfully they don't have to play each other late in the season now because they used to <laughs> it used yeah. to be whoever was uh uh losing that one was seeing some momentum come to an end it might lose their region uh, heading towards state so they're getting to play each other very early this year uh speaking of regions cavalier moving on up to 11 man football they've been nine man for a while went to the last four uh dakota Bulls at the nine man level so with that they've had to move up to 11 man football Cavalier has played 11 I, it was, I was very quickly pointed out in when I posted this to Facebook that like Cavalier has played 11-man before. None of these kids have played at the 11-man level yes, before. Yes, and it's
1: been a long time since it's been that full-time for them. And they got a little bit of a taste of it of last season. Their mm-hmm. first two games of the season were both against 11-man competition before going back to 9-man for the rest. And uh, those two games, I think they did okay. I want to say the final score combined of those was eighty-eight to six. So oh, so not bad, not bad at all. Usually, when you in favor have two of Cavaliers, <laughs> eighty-eight to six, I'd say you're doing all right. So uh, there's a pretty good amount of confidence for Cavalier heading into the season, especially with that little bit of taste last season. They did lose some guys. Uh, the coach told me last week. I think it was about six. He said like good quality, like um, well productive seniors mm-hmm, yep. were gone from the team, which is tough, but. A lot of guys back uh, going up against competition that they have shown that they can very clearly compete with, just like anyone else, if not beat badly. Right.
0: And it's a new head coach this year, too. Uh, Yeah. So we'll hear a little bit more from – spoiler alert for the next five (laughs) minutes or so. We're going to hear from Cavalier here shortly. Uh, Another game involving nine-man slash 11-man action, Mayport CG. They'll be playing Hillsborough Central Valley, uh, uh, an 11-man game coming up four week zero there's of course other games these are just the ones that i'm kind of spotlighting here that i'm excited for uh one last one sergeant county they are playing their first game down at the nine man level kind of an inverse situation of Cavaliers. so they'll be in action there um boys soccer starts this weekend as well uh same day as uh the start of football season uh, high school boys soccer starts this friday west fargo hosting bismarck cheyenne hosting dickinson and grand forks red river hosting minot so with that, we're going to move on to uh, a spotlight feature that we're going to be doing every week here on the program uh, on Overtime. It's a, a spotlight on our favorite story from the week, and this one is your trip to Cavalier. Uh, you got to go way up north. It was way up north.
1: Very, very up north in Pembina County. I mean, it was right near the Canadian border. It was pretty <laughs> neat to go up there. Again, thank goodness it's August, so it was a very nice trip up north. But it was um, – <laughs> But no, it was great to talk to the guys there at Cavalier and get sort of a sense for how they're feeling ahead. I mean, I talked a little bit about it already, of course, but mm-hmm. it's a good feeling knowing how these guys are doing and just to get a visit from them. And it's 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 very rewarding to at least feel like to go up to these sort of small places and be able to give some spotlight to them and sort right. of share their stories for stuff just because it's places that, I mean, we know the viewing area is just so vast in terms of mileage. It just goes those, viewing for areas, so many viewing miles across North Dakota, Minnesota, everything. So to be able to visit one of these smaller towns that's sort of across there and share a story like that is a, is a really neat thing to do. And for guys like that, that, I mean, four straight state title appearances, you're moving up a whole classification. That's pretty solid stuff to earn yeah. that. So it was, it was really cool to go up there, and it was great talking to the guys. There are a lot of fun people there. They, they did a lot of fun stuff. and uh Helped out a lot by getting good stuff to, to show. So exactly. um, there were some great people to talk to. Well, and you
0: got to mic up uh, the coach through the entire practice there mm-hmm. as well. So that, that um, for our, our listeners on whatever app you may be listening to, the song, Spotify, Apple Music, we don't discriminate here. Um, <laughs> Spotify you, personally. You, know. you, you'll be able to uh, hear it for sure. But if you want to check it out in all its glory, check out our website, com. We're going to have this on YouTube as well. So uh, with no further ado, let's, do, uh, let's check out Jack's story on Cavalier moving up to the 11-man level. We just want to play, we want to compete, and um, give it our best efforts.
1: Despite a long way from the Dust Bowl, just south of the Canadian border, the Cavalier Tornadoes have whipped and stirred up trouble for opponent nine-man football teams for decades, including four straight state title game appearances. But this season presents a new challenge, a full slate of two extra guys on the field. It's a little bit different, but it's, I think it's gone fairly smooth so far.
0: Attitude and angles,
1: okay? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's that bad. I feel like everybody's transitioning well. Um, it's all going to work out, I think, and it'll be all right. This confidence stems from a couple of early 11-man contests last season, where Cavaliers swept away Northern Cass and Turtle Mountain by a combined score of 88-6, to and they're going to try to ride that momentum into the next season. I mean, I always tell the boys that it's, it's still blocking and tackling. It's still football. Uh, there's just a little bit less room on the field now. We don't have the wide open spaces like Nine Man has. Uh, Find his eyes, squeeze, good. So it's going to be a little bit more grinded out, gritty type of football for us. Coach Laxtell earned the promotion from assistant to head coach in the offseason, sparking a familiar but different leadership. 11 on 11, okay? To kids adjusting to a familiar but different game. Kind of excited to see what the, they decide to do with it. Um, they're going to own it. They'll make it theirs a little bit, but uh, I think they understand that uh, uh, the bar is high for a reason because that's where we want to be. I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, he's a great guy, uh, really smart. Um, it'll be good to have him as head coach, and yeah, I think it's going to work out well. With the Tornadoes in Cavalier, Jack Wallace. DB's on three. One, two, three. DB's. What? Where's the it. Where's the head at? I'm new to this stuff. Yeah. I guess, yeah, you it's did crazy. warn us for a little change. Valley News Live Sports.
0: Again, thank you to the Cavalier football team for letting Jack come up there and kind of shadow the practice for uh, for the entirety of it. We're going to mm-hmm. be there for the, the, their first game at the 11-man level. We're really excited to see that. Be sure to stay tuned here for Friday Night Live. And stay tuned here all week. we got a ton of fun stuff. It's Again, I said at the beginning of the program, this is the, the, the most wonderful time of the year. And I do mean that because we have – more stories to tell that, yeah. than we can even wrap our heads around. Uh, we heard a little bit from Cam Miller earlier in the show. I'm going to expand on that a little bit more coming up this week. Uh, we're going to hear from Cam about uh, a little more about running the offense, as well as uh, Matt Entz about giving Cam more opportunities there. So stay tuned for that. Jack, uh, you're going to be talking to Peter Haugo today, uh, Fargo North running back. I'm excited to see where that one goes. Um, just kind of as we continue our high, our high school uh uh, previews getting ready to the season. Peter's somebody that's really impressed us.
1: Yeah, that Fargo North team, as we saw last season making it at the state title game, has been very impressive. The Spartans have put together a lot of really good games, and they're course, looking to do that again this season, starting off early in week zero too. So it's uh, it's exciting, and uh, talking to them will be a lot of fun. And so look forward to getting to that.
0: Um, we had you expand a little bit on your North Dakota State's uh, red zone woes on defense last year, and what they're going to do to correct that going into this year, as well as their offensive proficiency. Mm-hmm. We had that on uh, Value News Live yesterday. You can check that out on our website, ValueNewsLive.com, um, and also. Minnesota sports are also starting up this week they're starting up their fall camps for football and for the first time ever Barnesville's going to be coming into the year as defending state champions um I uh, Coach Strand is letting me come out to crash their practice this week so I'm excited to go do Very that fun. so uh stay tuned to hear from Barnesville and then of course stay tuned for Friday night Friday night live we're going as big as we did last year if not bigger I'm going to try to ramp this up every and year. Better. I'm, going to, better, better. I'm going to ramp this up every year until they give me an hour show. Stay tuned. Two-hour show. <laughs> Three hours. Take it or leave it. All right. Well, all night. <laughs> thank you all for tuning into this very first episode of News Live Sports Overtime. I'm excited to expand more on what we have to offer every week because, like I said at the beginning of the show, we have so much to talk about, so much to say. A fraction of it gets on the air. So if you, want, if you want to hear all of it, that's not going to be possible. That's not going to be a thing we do. But if you want to hear more of it, stay tuned here for Values Live Sports Overtime. And I have decided, Jack, it's going to be a college overtime where both teams get a chance to score. I'm not going to do a oh, shootout so style. The or correct overtime right. is what you mean to say. Yes. Okay. So that's, that, that's our style <laughs> of overtime. I want to make sure that that's very, very, very clear. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. We'll see you again next week.